Hello, everyone. I'm your host, DJ Hamilton. Hope everybody's doing well on this Friday. We're about a week away from Thanksgiving. Hope everybody is well and their families are healthy. Today, I'm going to talk about some of my NBA draft takeaways from the NBA draft. I'm also going to talk about some NBA trades that have been going on within the past week or so, especially with the Chris Paul trade in particular. And then I'm also going to get into some NBA rumors as well. This episode will strictly mostly be just NBA. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. So yes, now let's review the draft because it was this draft was particularly weak in my estimation. But uh, let's get over it. So with the first pick, as I predicted in my preview show, which you all should listen to, um, I said uh, the men, the Timberwolves were going to select um, Anthony Edwards. I put, I had the top three spot on. Anthony Edwards was the first pick by the um, Timberwolves. Timberwolves they didn't really need a guy who had to be a franchise changer right away, especially when they got. All-Stars and Carl Towns, one of the best picks in the league, and a guard in D'Angelo Russell, who, who, who's, a, who's been an All-Star in this league as well. Um, they didn't really need a franchise-changing star, like I said, off the bat. And Anthony Edwards will have time to come into his own player. Well, and it'll depend on what he becomes, because I'm going to paraphrase what he said. People are starting to question his love for the game of basketball, because he said he's not really into watching basketball, and that he doesn't really like basketball. Like football, like when growing up, he was well, he was first a football guy. He was an elite football recruit in high school, and then he went toward basketball. And eventually, he started getting more looks looks in basketball, and I guess he started liking basketball more. But he said his first love was football, and he said if the NFL drafted him tomorrow or whatever, he will quickly let go of basketball. And this, that created a lot of controversy among people about his work ethic. Is he really going to put his full full out effort? and dedication to the game of basketball to be the best he can be because he let me get he has potential to be one of the best a two-way player elite two-way player in this league if he puts it all together and he's an explosive scorer he's been compared to guys like Victor Oladipo, D. Wade, guys like that like Donovan Mitchell this guy is an explosive shooting guard he he, I really think he's gonna be an exciting player to watch over the years and he's only 19 I think he's one of the next great young talents in this league, and I think he's a perfect fit for the Timberwolves because I knew James Wiseman wasn't going to go number one. It made no sense. They have Carl Towns. Why are they going to pick him, pick James Wiseman number one? Carl Towns is still very young. He's only 25. He just turned 25. It would have made no sense to pick James Wiseman. They don't pair together. You don't see Twin Towers like you did back in the day with like Dave Robinson, Tim Duncan on the Spurs, and Hakeem Olajuwon Ralph Sampson because it's not really a big man's league anymore. I don't care how great your big man is. We have we've seen bigs like Carl Towns, Embiid, Anthony Davis on the Pelicans, their own franchise. Giannis right now, they're not winning championships. You need a perimeter guy, a guy who could be a star perimeter player. Those guys really take your team to the next level. I don't care how good your big man is. Shaq couldn't win on his own either. He was lucky to have guys like Penny Hardaway, D. Wade, and Kobe to get him and win championships and to the finals. So... You need perimeter guys near as good as your big man, star level big man, or better to help get you to that next level. And I think Tim Rovers did a great job in picking Anthony Edwards, who I think is going to be a great fit. He's a shooting guard. So I think, and I think 
picking him is better than picking Lamella Ball. Some people said Lamella Ball should have went first. No, because they have D'Angelo Russell. And Lamella Ball is not a great shooter like that. He can't play off the ball. And he's a guy who needs the ball in his hands. So I just think Anthony Edwards is the best pick and best fit for the Timberwolves. Number two, uh, James Wiseman. Yo, perfect pick. Like I said, I knew he was going to the Warriors. They need a big man. They're especially... Now with Klay Thompson out, man, I'm so mad. Klay Thompson, he's out for the season now with a torn Achilles, bro, ladies and gentlemen. This is a guy who worked so hard, worked his butt off to come back from a torn ACL from the previous season. He missed the whole season last year after tearing his ACL in game six of the 2019 NBA Finals. And comes back in a, and hurts himself in a work, during a workout, had a lower leg injury, and tore, and tore his Achilles. And, and, and before we even knew it was a torn Achilles, I was seeing prayers uh, from NBA players saying, get well, Clay, you know that's a sign of something that is not just a minor injury, like an ankle sprain or something. You know it was something significant and something major that was going to keep him out for the long haul. And I knew, once I saw prayers out, like, get better, Clay, LeBron James tweeted out, um, Donovan Mitchell tweeted it out, Trey Young, all these guys, they once they were tweeting out, I was like, yeah, this this is torn Achilles. When I, once I saw lower body leg injury, Lower leg injury, I, I I knew it was something significant. But hopefully, James Wiseman could come in right, right away and be an impact guy from day one. He he really has potential in this league to be a 20 and 10 guy. And he gives them size, more athleticism, youth on this team that they need. And a guy who could be but the potential franchise, face of the franchise after the Steph Curry era of the Warriors. Because Steph Curry is getting up there in age now. He's going to be... Turning 30, what, 34 next, 33 next year in March. So they need to start finding that guy who could be that next franchise, uh, face of the franchise. And he has all-star potential right away. I think being on the Warriors, too, he's going to learn defensive schemes, learn how to be in defensive position. He's going to improve his help side defense. And I think, because he's going to really learn from a defensive player of the year in Draymond Green. He's really, Draymond Green is going to teach him, bro. He's not going to let him slide. He's going to push him every day in practice. And I think he's going to improve his shooting, too, because he's with two of the greatest shooters of all time, Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. You know he's going to be shooting it out with them, and they have a great development development staff and coaching. He, I think he's going to be a monster right away. Don't, don't be surprised. When they mention the best young players under 25 and under, don't be surprised if he's in that top five, man. I'm telling you right now, he, he's going to be up there. Uh, number three, like I said, Hornets, I knew they were going to, like I said in my preview um, episode, Lamella Ball, 6'7 point guard who brings star power to Michael Jordan's franchise. He's one of the most intriguing players in recent draft memory based on his upside and the upbringing of before before he got drafted, the back, his, his polarizing background. This is a kid who played at Chino Hills, who went to the Australian National Basketball League, who played in Lithuania, who played in the JB, um, the JBA, all over. Like he's he's played in the Drew League. During the summer, I watched videos on that when he was playing with Harden. Like he he's he's been all over the place. Like he's a pol- one of the most polarizing prospects. He is the most polarizing upbringing of an NBA draft prospect I've ever seen. The most polarizing journey to the NBA draft we've ever seen. It's not even a debate. But um, his, his, I think his father has done a great job. Even though he was very polarizing with Lonzo, I think he has learned from his mistakes with Lonzo Ball and then put the same type of pressure on LaMelo like he did with Lonzo. I think he's learned from his mistakes, and I think he's really watched how the media has talked about him, and he's really navigated around not putting so much pressure on his this his youngest son now. 
Um, but yeah, and we'll see if LeBron Ball and Jordan play that one-on-one match. <laughs> but yeah, this this gives the Charlotte Hornets a guy who could be the face of their franchise. This bring this brings in marketability because Lamelo Ball is very marketable. He's a big name that people have known about for years now, similar to like Zion Williamson. These guys are very hyped up. Have a lot of hype. People are gonna to want to flock to games to watch and go see Lamelo Ball, especially in Charlotte. And I think he's gonna bring a lot of excitement to the city. He's a guy who has great, great floor vision, court savvy. He's gonna make players better. He has great playmaking ability, and he has a quick trigger on his jump shot. He still needs to. He's gonna to have to improve that aspect of his game, his jump shot, and get more accurate. But he has a very quick release, and I think if he gets stronger, puts more effort in on defense. And who's the shooting? He's going to be a flat-out superstar. He's going to bring in a lot of revenue for Michael Jordan's franchise because everybody's going to want to see what he's all about and if he's worth the hype. Uh, one of my biggest surprises from the draft, and I think losers of the draft, is the Bulls, man. They drafted Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Okay, yes, he has potential. He's six foot eight as a forward, explosive, and athletic, and he's developing his shooting. But he's this is a guy who came off the bench. How are you going to draft a guy who came off the bench from college uh, who didn't even dominate? As the fourth overall pick. And they had so many better options. You had Onyeka Okongwu on the board. I know you had big, had big man already, but still. Isaac Okoro, one of the best defensive players you could have added to help strengthen your defense in the front court. Um, yeah, Killian Hayes, who was available. Denny Aviha. Like, you had better options, in my opinion. And I think he, he was the biggest surprise of the draft by far. So, and, and, and I feel like if he doesn't, like, bec- become a solid starter... Or a potential all star, the 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 GM the bull the GM the Bulls they're gonna be scratching their head for a long time. This is gonna set the franchise back for a while if he doesn't pan out. Cause that I my when when I heard Patrick Williams fourth overall pick, uh, my eyebrows raised like I was like what 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 the hell? I was like what is going on? I was like Patrick Williams number I did not expect him to go nowhere near that high. But yeah, the fifth overall pick the Cavaliers selected Isaiah Okoro. He's one of the best defensive players in the in the draft. He can get downhill. He can score through contact with athleticism and wingspan. He's going to be an X factor for the Cavs. He's going to need to develop his offensive game, but he's going to have time to develop alongside Darius Garland and Colin Sexton, who are the backcourt of the Cavaliers. And he's going to make up their front court, being a six foot six wing small forward who could come in. I think coming off the bench right away and be and be able to guard some of the guys on the court and get out in transition and get easy buckets as he continues to develop his offensive game. The Hawks selected Onyeka Okongwu, 6 overall. This is a guy who kind of reminds me a little bit of Bam Adebayo. He could be the steal of the draft. A dynamic big who was near double-double machine in college. Um, he has great instincts on the defensive end, great rim side, great, great help side um, defender, great at switching, guarding multiple positions, and a great, re- pretty solid rebounder. He's going to have to improve his shooting and his offensive game and get stronger. But I think... Forming him and John Collins in the front court, that's going to be a very interesting dynamic in Atlanta. And this is a guy who could be a lob threat for um, Trey Young to throw through and in transition as well. The Pistons have the seventh pick. They selected uh, Killian Hayes, the lefty Amer- American-born lefty who was also um, from France, who evolved during his pro season in the top league in Germany. He has a questionable jump shot that needs improvement. But he's a 6'5 point guard who has great long-term upside. And he's very crafty with his game. He's been compared to guys like, you think of a guy who's kind of like D'Angelo Russell, 
uh, guy who's also been compared to like Nan Ginobili, and a guy who also crafts his game, he said, after Dwayne Wade. So we'll see what he becomes. But I think he has potential to be a stud. And go to Detroit Pistons, I don't know if Derrick Rose is going to be there next season for the long haul. This is a guy, even if Derrick Rose is there, he can learn under Derrick Rose's wing. And if not, he'd come in right away. I think he'll be the starter point guard for the team and help right away. Um, the eighth overall pick, the New York Knicks selected Ovi Toppin out of Dayton. This is a guy, he went to Austin High School. He didn't have any D1 or D2 um, colleges recruiting him when he was in high school. This is a guy who's come so, like, he's come such a long way. Such a long way. He, he was so unheralded. And this is a guy who became the National College Basketball Player of the Year. He has he could do a mixture of everything. He's not a great defender. He needs to improve his defense. He's not he's not a good defender, and he's the only thing is he's kind of older than most. He's twenty two, but he has high motor. He has a tenacious dunker. He can shoot the ball. He has a solid handle. He has a good face up game, and I think he can come in right away and make an immediate impact, especially after spending a couple years in college to season his game and to beef up his body. So I think he can come in right away, bang with the power forwards in NBA, and show what he can do offensively. He's gonna he's not gonna be the, a great defender, but I think he's gonna come in right away and help offensively for the Knicks, who really need some offensive production. Um, ninth overall pick, Danny Avija. This is one of my surprises too. Uh, he really dropped, in my opinion. Ninth overall, I expect him to be selected like in the top seven. He really dropped to number nine to the Wizards. I think he could give, give them a, a a big playmaker. He's gonna. I'm glad he's went to the Wizards because he's not gonna be asked to to really like take over the keys to the franchise right away, especially when they have a dynamic backcourt and John Wall and Bradley Beal, who's gonna take most of that pressure off of him. But he has a wide range of skill sets, and he's gonna have to really improve his jump shot if he wants to stick in the league and stay in the, for the long haul. But he has great size, 6'9", can play multiple positions. He tackles him like a guard, and he could defend big man in the post. And I think uh, further, he'll be able to do that more in the next couple of years in the league once he especially gains some muscle mass and more weight on his frame. But this is a guy we're talking about who won the MVP of the FIBA under 20 European Championship. So this is a guy, we're talking about a guy who could really play right here. And I think he has the potential to be an all-star. Uh, Phoenix Suns drafted Jalen Smith from Maryland, 6'10", big man. And who, in my opinion, he went higher than expected. I expected him to be like a mid or late first round pick. But he rebounds, he runs the court block shots, can score, he has good hands, footwork, and he also does damage in the low post. And I want to see, I'm going to be interested to see how he fits alongside DeAndre Ayton. Because if they fit well, that could be that could be a really impactful, impactful um, front court for the next decade in Phoenix. The Spurs selected Devin Vasso, teammate Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Uh, to me, he was better than Patrick Williams. Uh, he he shoots better than Patrick Williams. He has a better handle. He has great length at six seven and has potential to be a, a elite defensive stopper on the wing. This is a guy who I think with San Antonio system he could be the next Kawhi Leonard. I'm not even fronting, man. This guy has elite potential and he's one of the most improved players this past season in college basketball. So watch out for him. And with San Antonio, they have one of the best developmental staffs in the league. Look out for him, man. They're gonna try to mold him into a Kawhi Leonard type. Don't be surprised if he comes off the bench. And there's an elite defensive stopper right away. They're gonna try to mold him. He's gonna it's like clay. You're molding clay to be this elite project. That's what they're pretty much doing. Uh with the 12th pick, the Kings selected Tyrese Halliburton out of Ohio State, point guard, who could defend well. And he I think he's gonna be a steal. I expected him to go in the top eight, but he dropped all the way to 12 to the Kings. Um 
I think he's going to mesh well with the Aaron Fox. I think he can even play shooting guard if you need him to. This is a guy, yes, he has a weird form, but he can really shoot the ball. He shot 50% from the field last season and 42% from three. So I think he can play the point guard position. But if you ask him to, I think he'll play the shooting guard position as well. They said he has a skill set similar to John Moran and Russell Westbrook in the NBA. I want to wait and see if that's true. I want to wait and see what he does. But I think he could be, I think he. I think he's one of the steals of the draft, honestly. I think Kings are kind of the win- one of the winners of this draft because I think this is a great selection right here. And I think he has more depth in their guard department and a guy who could take some pressure off the Aaron Fox. The Pelicans, too. The Pelicans, man, great pick. 13th pick, Kara Lewis Jr., an athletic. This is a guy who I, who I mentioned in my, er- my previous episode, one of the sleepers and underrated prospects in this draft, and a guy who, I, who was rising in the draft. And he kind of went a little lower than I expected. I expected him to go top 10. But he still was the lottery. It's a six three athletic explosive point guard with a great handle, with a speed with speed to beat defenders off the dribble. He has a nice little jump shot too. He can shoot the ball. He's he shot solid from three last season, 30, near thirty seven percent from threes and eighty percent from the free throw line. So this is a guy who has great mechanics on a shot, and he's not just athletic guy. He's a guy who could really shoot the ball, and he averaged near nineteen points per game last season. He led Alabama in scoring. And he's gonna add backcourt depth alongside Lounge of Ball and company and the Pelicans. And I, I can't wait to see him in transition with Zion Williamson throwing lobs to each other. Oh, man, that's going to be dangerous. So, Kara Lewis Jr. to the Pelicans, I can't wait to see how that dynamic works with him and Zion and with Lounge of Ball as well. Uh, the the Boston Celtics selected uh, Aaron A. Smith um, out of Vanderbilt. This is the Celtics uh, pick. They had got this one from the Memphis Grizzlies. Naismith is considered to be one of the best three-point shooters in this draft, and he'll be a solid fit in the Brad Stevens core. Um, he averaged 23 points per game in NCAA, and he was I know his season was cut short after 14 games because he suffered a right foot injury, but this is a guy who shot over 50% from three-point range. So they're getting a guy who could really space the floor for them and a, and a shooting threat, and is going to oppose a lot of problems for the opposing team. The 15th pick, the random match at the Cole Anthony in North Carolina. This guy was highly hyped out of high school. He kind of disappointed a little bit in his NCAA season, but I don't think he really had the full, like, like the right parts around him in college to succeed in, like we like 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 we saw him do in high school, and he did have a knee injury, and um that played a major part in his campaign in college. But yeah, but when I was watching him and um when he was in high school, I was like, yo, this this kid is explosive like he reminded me of the young Derrick Rose and I think he could be an instant guy who could help the Magic franchise who are still trying to make that breakthrough of whether they're going to be elite or they still rebuilding because they're like in the middle of that pack they've always been like the AFC the last like two three seasons and I want to see if they're going to take that next step to get in the upper echelon in the Eastern Conference um so 16th we have the Pistons they selected Isaiah Stewart um out of Washington uh I think he became a system big man where he has promising potential as a finisher and rim protection. Uh, this is a pick from the trade with the Rockets and Blazers. Uh, he won't tra- I don't think he'll change it right away, but he has a high stealing. And I think he could come in right away. He'd be an impact guy, bring a lot of toughness. He could help on the boards, and he could help in protecting the rim because he averaged 2.2 blocks per game last season and about 8.5 boards. So I think he'd come in right off the bench and be a rim protector and a rim runner and a guy who who's a lob threat for your team. The Oklahoma City Thunder is a trade from with the Timberwolves. They select, they got Alexei Pakusevsky from the Timberwolves, who traded them to the Thunder. 
Uh, he is a seven-footer who can handle the ball, pass and drive to the rim. He's just 18, uh, but he does not have a lot of le top-level pro experience in Europe. He needs to work on his shot and get stronger so he can absorb top contact. But he has a lot of potential, and he might not come over right away. He might spend one or two years overseas because he needs to develop his body and his skill set against elite competition. I don't know. I'm not sure if he's going to come over. There hasn't been any reports that say he's going to come in right away. But I want to wait and see what he becomes because I think he could be a He's going to be a huge bust. I don't know if he's going to be a bust at 17th overall, but a huge disappointment or a guy who come in come in eventually over the years and become a solid starter or maybe even a all-star. Well, only time will tell. The 18th pick, the Mavericks selected Josh Green, and I love this pick for the Mavericks. This is a guy who I think come into the States. He has a nice little jump shot. He has a nice jump shot. Nice fluid motion, beautiful mechanics. He can find his spots in the half court sets with the with the with the Mavericks with Luka Doncic, and I think as he continues to develop his off the dribble game and his defense and understanding of the NBA game, he this is a guy who could be a starter, and I think he could play the shooting guard position and the small forward position. He has great size at six six for a shooting guard six seven. He's only going to continue to grow. He's only like 18, 19 years old. He's going to continue to grow into his frame and grow into his body and his mind. And I think he could be a nice guy. Maybe even down the road could be a secondary star or third third star on your team for the Mavericks. Who, if they if Porzingis gets healthy and this Josh Green becomes a potential All Star, that's three stars on your team. And I think that could be a potential like that could be a potential dynasty right there. Like. If they put it all together, Josh Green, when he was in high school, he was he was getting a lot of Clay Thompson comparisons, like a more athletic Clay Thompson. He could shoot it, he could flat out shoot it, and he really got bounce. He was dunking on defenders. It's that's the that's the type of guy we're talking about. If you pair that with Luka Doncic, and if he continues to ascend to the level that we expect him to, with Porzingis, if Porzingis could freaking get healthy, we're talking about a potential dynasty on the hands in the Western Conference. That's a great young core right there. Great, great young core. And I can't wait to see what he does. He He's not going to start right away. He's going to have to earn his minutes under the Rick Carlisle system. But I think he's going to be a special talent. Uh, 19th pick, Pistons. This is a trade with the Nets and Clippers. Selected Sadek Bay. Um, Bay was the Wildcats' best player at their breakout sophomore campaign. Averaging 16.1 points and shooting 45% from three-pointers. I think he's going to have a great... He's going to have be an ideal fit as a role player for Steve Nash's new system. And he's a cause he's a six seven one with high basketball IQ, and I think he's a guy coming in who provide toughness and spacing on the floor. The Heat selected twentieth uh, overall, pressure at out of Memphis. He has great strength to thrive to thrive, um, in the NBA. At the power position, at six foot nine, giving him an edge on defense and rebounding, but he will need to develop on offense. They I know that he's gonna get the best out of it. They, they thrive on guys who play with toughness and. Have, provide and pray with energy and this is exactly this is a guy who does exactly that he's gonna come in right away and he's gonna get him in top shape and he's gonna provide an instant impact on the boards and in the defensive apartment and a guy who another guy you can throw lobs to that's the guy we're talking about they have multiple guys like that and, and he's gonna be entertained interchangeable on defense he's gonna be able to guard power forward centers especially as he continues to get stronger so Excuse me, Sadik Bay is going to the New Jer the Brooklyn Nets. Excuse me, he's going to the Brooklyn Nets, not to the Pistons. They selected Sadik Bay, the Pistons for the Nets. So, uh, the Sixers selected Tyrese Maxey at Kentucky. Uh, fourteen average, fourteen points per game was a key piece of Calipari's most underrated one of Calipari's most underrated Kentucky teams. 
Uh, even though he averaged 40 points, he needs to improve his shooting. Uh, he could be an elite combo guard. He kind of reminds me of a guy like Lou Williams. He has a quick first step and a knack to make others better. But he needs to improve his shooting. He's going to have to get better on the defensive end. And he's going to have to continue to improve his ball handling. But I think he could be a great six-man guy one day. Maybe even a potential starting shooting guard. Uh, 22 overall, the Denver Nuggets selected Zeke Naji out of Arizona. The Pac-12 freshman of the year who brings a high motor and can do a lot near the rim at 6'11". He brings energy and can pack on double-doubles. And one of the great strengths of his that he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective, which is very key because they already have guys who are kind of need the ball in their hands, like Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and a guy like Michael Porter Jr. So you don't need to draft another guy who needs the ball in his hands, and I kind of like that pick for them. Uh, Timberwolves, this is a trade from the Knicks. So the Knicks got this guy. Um, Balmero, Argentina's next generation of talent. The 6'7 Balmero plays on the wing. He can handle the ball as a playmaker, both for himself and create for others. And he has shown promise on the defensive end with agility and craftsmanship. He's not going to be a star, but I think he's going to be a guy who's going to make others better. And he's going to hustle, make hustle plays for you, scrap on defense, and crash the boards for you. Uh, number 24, the Bucks selected RJ Hampton. Um, He didn't really benefit from his time from Australia Pro League like Lamella Ball did. And he would have been better. I think he would have been better off going to college. But anyways, he has the tools, length, quickness, and agility that are there. Even if the tangibles, such as the jumper, the ball handling, and his IQ aren't mastered yet. And those are things he's really going to have to work on if he wants to stick in the league. But he's very young. He's only like 18, 19 years old. And he has a lot of time to improve his game. Uh, number 25, Timberwolves, Tim I believe. Timberwolves selected uh, Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah, Manuel quickly. Um, it was kind of a surprise pick in the first round. He played with a, he plays with a chip on his shoulder and has a finesse game. He can shoot from the outside, run on offense, and he was SC player for the Wildcats. So, I think he I think he's gonna be a guy. He played with Zion Williams in the AU circuit. No, played against him. So they're good friends. Um, but I think he's gonna be a guy who could be a good uh sixth or seventh man off the bench. A praying pitcher was a Pac-12 player of the year, number 26 overall to the Celtics. He's going to provide another spark plug off the bench for the Celtics, a guy who come in, bring some depth at the guard position. If Kimball Walker, when Kimball Walker needs a breather, he needs a rest, he could come in, I think, could run the offense for you. He's a pesky defender, and he could shoot, shoot the ball. So I think he's going to do just fine in their system on the Brad Stevens. Number 27, we have Yudoka Azubike going to the Utah Jazz. He was a key force for Bill Self last year at Kansas over the last four years. He'll bring his size and ability in the paint to the Utah roster. And I think he's going to learn well under um, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell to get the most of his gifts. Um, number 28, we have the Lakers. Jaden McDaniels was selected out of Washington. He'll fit in well. He has great potential to be a great versatile defender at six foot nine with long arms. He needs to develop as a shooter. He has a strong network to help him adjust to the pros with um um what's it called? LeBron James and Anthony Davis. If he signs back with the Lakers, he's gonna teach him. So that's that's I think I like that pick for them. Twenty nine, the Raptors selected Malachi Finn out of San Diego State. He's gonna be a guy who's gonna come in, I think a great fit off the bench, especially with the potential for a Fred Van Fleet leaving maybe as a free agent. So I think he can come in right away and have be able to run your offense. 
He's going to come in. I think he's going to provide spacing, too, because Toronto has a great developmental staff. I think he's going to come in right away and help off the bench. It was All-American guard last season and benefited greatly from the virtual combine process. Even though he doesn't have the greatest physical tools, I think with his IQ and understanding of the game, he's going to be just fine in the Toronto system, learning from Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. Um, and the last pick of the first round, the Grizzlies. Um, this is a trade with the Celtics selected. Uh, Desmond Bain out of TCU. Uh, he could be a great role player off the bench, a strong 6'6 guard with court awareness and solid outside shooting ability. That could, that's going to help a team and help the Grizzlies alongside John Morant, another guy who could help him, that could space the floor for him and so he could get into attack the rim more and he got like, another kickout shooter for him. So that's going to be, that's good for the Grizzlies. So that's uh. Those are my so those are some those are that's the how the first round went and some of my takeaways on some of the, each of these picks, uh some some of my uh and then the second round, I'm just gonna go over the second round real quick. So the Dallas Mavericks number thirty one selected Tyrell Terry out of Stanford. I like that pick. I think the Dallas Mavericks are one of the winners of this draft. They got two solid guards and Tyrell Terry and Josh Green, who I think could really come in and help their program in the long haul if they develop their bodies. And their games. And I think um, Tyra Terry can be a guy who can be elite off your bench. Like provide a spark plug off your bench. Provide shooting and spacing. And a crafty high IQ guard. And Josh Green is a guy who I think has potential to be a, a third option on a star, star option on a team one day. Uh, the Hornets selected Renan Carey Jr. I think this is a great guy to pair with um, um, on the ball. He, he, they, I think they could provide great a uh, youth movement going on in Charlotte and guys who could be potential stars in the league. Vernon Carey Jr., he didn't have the Duke uh, freshman season that I anticipated, but this was a guy who was a top five recruit in the class of 2019. So this is a guy who I think could still make a really big impact in the league one day down the road if he tends to develop. The Knicks selected Daniel Toru. I thought he was going to be a late first-round pick. He's one of my – I think – He's gonna be a steal. I think this guy, this guy's average twenty and twenty and ten in college, a double double machine, and who's shown the potential to space the floor out to the three point range. Yes, he needs to get better at shooting ability and mature his game and be more consistent on both ends of the court. But he has a lot of talent, and this is a guy who always also averaged two and a half blocks per game. So you're talking about a rim protector, a guy who can score and rebound, and I like that pick for the Knicks. I also think he's a big time steal in this draft. Number 34, Theo Maladin, France. I think he's going to be a solid player. I just think the Thunder had too many picks. But I think he could be a great role player in the league. Is he ever tell me on Michigan State? I don't really know much about him, but I think he'll be a great uh, addition to their team and what they're trying to build in Memphis. Dallas Mavericks, like Tyler Bay, another guy who could space the floor, good, good scoring ability, and it's just going to help them overall. These are some guys, some of these names I've never heard of. Vit, uh... Kredji, number 37, OKC, CZEC Public. Never heard of him. Sabin Lee, Vanderbilt, number 30 to the Utah Jazz. Never heard of him. And number 39, Elijah Hughes from Syracuse. I think he'll be a good role player. Number 40 the, to the Kings, Robert Woodard the second out of Mississippi State. Um, He's going to provide another guy off the bench who could, I think, come in and help right away and helps in the scoring department. Uh, number 41 to the Spurs, Trey Jones. He's going to really learn on Popovich. I think he's going to be a solid backup point guard throughout his career. Um, Nick Richards out of Kentucky to the Pelicans. They just continue. I think he's going to be another guy. Uh, their youth movement in um, 
New Orleans with Zion as your franchise player. Kara Lewis, I think, is going to be a star one day, maybe. You have Jackson Hayes, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, who, who might leave in free agency. But if he signs back, and then you have Nick Richter, you have so much youth on that team. Uh, this is a guy who I think could be a potential uh, potential starter one day in the league and a steal, especially where he was selected, number 43 to the Kings, Jamius Ramsey out of Texas Tech, a guy who I mentioned in my preview, who I think could be a... This is a guy who could create his shot off. He has great... He could score on all three levels. He could get to the rim, finish. He has great elevation on his jump shot, great shot mechanics. He could shoot the mid-range. He could pull up from left, right, shoot the mid-range. He could shoot the three ball. He's very explosive. He could catch lobs. He has great size for the guard position at 6'5". He could be a steal at number 43. 44, the Bulls selected Marco Samaranovic. 45, the Bucks. Selected Jordan Nora out of Louisville. Number 46, Blades selected CJ Ellaby out of Washington State. 47, Celtics selected Yam Madar out of Israel. 48, the Warriors selected Nico Mannion out of Arizona. Remember, he was a top 10 recruit in 2019, top 15 or so. He's a solid guard, and I think they bring him in. And they traded for um, uh, Kelly Oubre as well from OKC to bring in more depth at the guard and um, for wing position, especially with Klay Thompson now being out. At the for the whole season now because tearing his Achilles in that in his workout recently, so they need to bring in more guards and more depth at the wing and guard positions. And he's a big guard, six 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 seven, and I think he's gonna help the Warriors. And especially he's not gonna be Clay Thompson, but I think he brings in more depth that they need, especially with Clay Thompson who's gonna be out again for another season. And bringing in Kelly Oubre, a guy who has really developed well the past couple seasons in Phoenix, and I think he's. And I think he's a guy who come in for the Warriors and help bring it, pour in 18 to maybe even 21 points per game for the Warriors to help, like, minimize, hopefully, the in, losing the impact of the Klay Thompson injury. So I think that's that's a good trade and a good pick, uh, Nico Mania, for the Warriors. Sixers selected Isaiah Joe out of Arkansas. Uh, number 50, Hawks select Skylar Mays at LSU. 51, Warriors to Sydney and Jessup out of Boise State. 52, the Kings. The Kings have so many picks. Damn. Uh, Kenny and Martin Jr. Whoa. So they came on. Okay. Came on something in the league. Uh, number 53, Thunders like Cassis Winston of Michigan State. A guy who's a league college player. I think he'll be a solid role player in the NBA. 54, the Pacers like Cass Stanley, a freak athlete who needs to understand the game of the basketball and develop his basketball game. He's pretty old for a freshman. That's why I'm not really high on him. He's 21 years old already. But he is a freak athlete who they could potentially mold into a solid basketball player. The D5J Scrub. I think he went to Fresno State. No, you out of USA. So I don't know where he went. But Clippers got J Scrub. 56 Hornets selected Jarrett Riller out of Charleston. So hometown kid. On 57, Brooklyn Nets, Reggie Perry out of Mississippi State. 58 to 6 select Paul Reed at DePaul. 59, Jalen Raptors select Jalen Harris out of Nevada. And lastly, the Bucks select Sam Miro out of Utah State. And that's uh that's the whole draft right there. So that's my NBA draft review. And I went over the first round, I think, for the first round. I went over why some of the picks were good because I know the first round better than the second round picks. I know some of the guys in the second round, but most people don't know the second round. But, yeah, that was, that was my NBA draft review and some of my takeaways from some of these picks. Coming up next, I'm gonna t- we're, I'm gonna talk about some of the NBA trades that've been going on. 
And we're going to get into some NBA rumors, such as James James Harden going to Brooklyn. Is where, where will Anthony Davis go? Stuff like that. So don't sit back, relax, get a cup of coffee, get some hot chocolate. We'll be right back. Hey, man, I really appreciate that Patrick Price on my insurance, Jake, from State Farm. Being a champ has its perks. Here's the deal, Patrick. State Farm offers everyone surprisingly great rates. Let me repay the favor with some field passes. Come on. No favors, just great rates. Okay, fine. I'll let you wear the ring, but only for a day. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, Dad, come play some ball. You're not my dad. I'm not your dad. Of course I'm your dad's son. If I wasn't your dad, would I be able to do this? What I'm are you doing? I'm doing this. Make a swish. Uh-oh. Jake from State Farm. Here's the deal. There's no replacing the real Chris Paul. Not my car. Just like there's no replacing State Farm. Come on, man. Stop trying to be me. You want the real deal? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So, yeah, so let's get into some NBA trades and rumors real quick as before we end the show. So, there's been a lot of trades going on. So, one of the major trades that's been going to happen is um, Phoenix Suns completed a trade to acquire Chris Paul from OKC on this past Monday. And in return for Paul and forward um, and forward Abdel Nader, the Thunder received um, Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, and a 22-22 first-round pick from the Suns. That's a lot. Damn. Damn. But Kelly Obi Jr., like I mentioned earlier, he got ended up getting acquired by the Warriors in a trade with the Thunder. So he's no longer on the Thunder. So I'm just going to say that right now. Um, Robert Savard, the Suns owner, is trying to bring the future Hall of Fame guard and franchise leader to Phoenix. He's trying to give Devin Booker a running mate. And I kind of like this trade for the, um, for the Thunder. They got a lot of young pieces now. They have a lot of draft picks over the next couple of years, man. I think out of all NBA teams, they're the most loaded in draft picks. They have a variety of draft picks that can, they can use to their advantage and potential trade talks in the future. And a lot of first-round picks, valuable picks. Um, I, I think the Suns gave up way too much, in my opinion. Especially for a guy. Chris Paul's an all-time great, in my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to discredit him. He's one of the greatest pointers of all time. But just a lot to give up. Especially... Chris Paul, at the age he's at, 35 years old, I don't know if I would have gave up that much, but it gives Devin Booker a running mate, a guy who could take a lot of pressure off Devin Booker in the ball handling department and playmaking department. He could focus and be the bucket getter that he is. He's, I think he's going to average like 20, 26 to 28 a game this season. Between 25 to 28 points. He, he Especially with a lot of the playmaking duties, Taking off him now with Chris Paul being there, that responsibility, less pressure on his shoulders, that load is going to be taken off him. He's going to have more freedom to go out and get buckets. And I think they're going to rise in the standards. I don't think they're going to be a top three or four team in the West, but I think they could be a fifth or sixth seed. Chris Paul is going to make them better, and I know he's going to bring out the best in DeAndre. And look what he turned DeAndre Jordan to. He DeAndre Jordan had the best years of his career. 
with Chris Paul. He made Chris Paul made DeAndre Jordan, the guy who's just known as a dunker. He made him to one of the best during his time with Chris Paul, an all NBA player and an all defensive player. He made him into that. He made DeAndre Jordan into that. And ever since he left Chris Paul, he hasn't been the same. That's the impact Chris Paul has had had on DeAndre um Jordan's career, and I think he could potentially have on DeAndre Ayton's career. And I think he could be better than DeAndre Jordan. He's more skilled. He has a jumper. He has a better post-up game. He has potential to be a beast, one of the best bigs in the league. And I think Chris Paul's going to bring out the killer instinct that in DeAndre Ayton and be a pick-and-roll math. I think they're going to have a beautiful pick-and-roll game and pick-and-pop game because DeAndre Ayton can shoot the mid-range. He can shoot the 15, 18-footer. He needs to expand his range out to three more. But I think it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, Suns general manager James Jones said, we are excited to welcome Chris Paul and Abdel Nadar to Phoenix. Chris' leadership and competitive approach to the game will have an immeasurable impact on our team. Abdel, but this is all the traits on and off court that will complement our culture. Chris Paul is about to reunite with Suns coach Monty Williams, who coached him from one season in 2010-11, a decade ago. In New Orleans, they went 46-36 that season. Lost in the first round of the playoffs to Kobe Bryant's Lakers. Uh, his basketball mind said um, Monty Williams of in the set of Chris Paul last December. I used to get so excited before games about the place he was drawing up. He's literally another coach on the floor, Chris Paul. He you're like he your coach doesn't even have to coach. Chris Paul's gonna coach your teams. He's a pit bull. He has the killer mindset. He he oh he has the fire in him. Mm-mm-mm. He he oh he he's gonna be amazing, man. This I feel like this is a good trade. Just I just don't like how many people. only thing I flaw about this trade, I just don't like how much the Scenic Suns gave up. Especially in Kelly Oubre, but I think I think I think this is a pretty solid trade. Uh, Chris Paul had a resurgence season with the Thunder, becoming his reputation as the point god of the league as he took command of OKC's young roster and led it to a surprising playoff berth. He made the All Star team for the first time since 2016 and was named to the NBA team again, NBA sec- second team for the first time since 2016. He has been played by injuries at various times during his career. But he had one of the most complete and durable seasons this past season with the Thunder. We only missed one game because he was mourning the loss of his friend Kobe Bryant. Um, in seventy games this season, last season he averaged seventeen point six points, six point seven assists, and five boards, and he led the league in clutch time scoring, spearheading the Thunder in close games, which held the present to the fifth seed in the West. He still has two years remaining on his eighty plus million dollar contract, and I know what combined with his age and making him. Made him previously thought to be a nearly untradeable player, but now he has moved twice in the last couple years. Suns believe that Chris Ball's bounce back season in OKC paved the way to Western Conference contention, and it helps validate the price of his contract. Um, I just I I I can't wait to see what he does with Devin Booker and company, and the impact that he's going to make on DeAndre Ayton and how he's going to help DeAndre Ayton extend to new levels. And go from an eighteen eleven guy to potentially a tw- over a twenty point per game, and average a double average twenty be a twenty and ten guy. There's no reason DeAndre can't be a twenty and ten guy and a defensive force. So I can't wait to see what Chris Paul does and the impact he's gonna have on the Suns franchise. But the Thunder have been busy with some trades lately. Uh, uh, last week, uh, they, November fifteenth, they uh made a trade for the quiet Lakers. Have made an agreement to acquire OKC Thunder Dennis Schroeder. They sent their 28th pick to Lakers would send the 28th pick and Wednesday's draft to the Thunder as part of the deal. So I guess they're gonna, the Thunder are going to get um Jaden McDaniels and Gar- and Danny Green 
is also a part of the trade. He'll be going to OK, OKC as well. I like this trade for the Lakers. Dennis Schroeder, I think, is a guy who could really come in. He proved last season. He he was he was really effective last season. He could score the ball. He could create for others. And I think he's going to be a guy who could provide some score, be a third option scorer on the team, assuming they assign Anthony Davis back. Yeah, I think he's a guy who could give you 15 to 18 a game. And I think especially with the, the, the pending free agency of Rondo, I think there's been reports that he's going to leave to the Clippers or the Hawks. So he, I think he gives you assurance and reinsurance that you have a guard who come in and be an impact guy right away, be that third guy for you, and take some of the ball handling duties off of LeBron James in case Rondo leaves. So I like that. I kind of I like that move for the Lakers. Uh, just going some other trades. Uh, the Rockets agreed to trade veteran Robert Covington to the Blazers. Um, they were, the Rockets will see Trevor Ariza. And they got the number 16 pick from Wednesday's draft. I don't know who it was again. I forgot. I think Isaiah Stewart. Something like that. So, yeah, Isaiah Stewart. And a first-round pick in 2021. So, I like that pick for the... I like that pick up for the Blazers. Because they needed a guy, a wing, who could really defend some of the best players in the league. And also a guy, he provides more value, not just in his defense, but a guy who also can shoot the three ball. So, I like that pick. I like that I like that pick up for the, for the um, Blazers. I don't like I don't I don't get the Rockets got Trevor Ariza and to me Trevor Ariza is not as impactful as he once was so I don't like that trade for the Rockets. Uh, Pistons trade Bruce Brown to Nets for Design and Musa. I remember Design and Musa. I remember he was highly hyped when he was overseas. I thought he was gonna be a lottery pick in twenty eighteen, and he's still very young. I thought he was gonna be a star, but I don't know yet. I don't think so. Um, what other trades has there been? Bucks oh, Drew Holiday, Bucks um traded for Drew Holiday, the Bucks sent um Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and three first round picks. She's too much. Two future draft pick swaps to New Orleans, and they agreed to a sign and trade um deal for Sacramento's Kings guard Bodan Bogdanovic. And Milwaukee will send um Dante Divincenzo, recently a and DJ Rosen to the Kings in exchange for the Bogdanovic. But there's been reports. That the league is investigating the Bodanovich trade, so it might not go through, and because it's supposed to be a signing trade, so Bodanovich might not be okay with just signing off with a team like the Kings and just to get traded. So, I we'll see. We'll see what um what happens in that regard because I I feel like I I feel like the Bucks gave up way too much. That's a lot of first round picks. Uh, it was reported that Milwaukee and Sacramento had reached a game in principle on a signing trade deal Tuesday. They would have bought Bodanovich and Justin Dames to the Bucks, and the Kings would have acquired Russell for Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and Ernesto Yosoa. Um, they the Bucks and Kings hope to bring Bodanovich the framework of a signing trade to negotiate a, a contract with Milwaukee on Friday. The deal fell through when Bodanovich said later that he planned to enter um restricted free agency on Thursday. The Kings extended in him an offer, $10.7 million offer, giving Sacramento, Sacramento the right to match any offer seat. Um, Donovich signs with a, uh, another team. So, uh, sorry about that. But, yeah. Donovich, um, we'll see We'll see what happens, man. I don't If he's going to stay with Sacramento, will he get traded to the Bucks? 
If he does go to the Bucks, I think it's a great pickup for the Bucks. They need another guy who could be a three and D guy for them. He's a guy who garage. He's he's shown he garaged eighteen or plus points per game, and I think it gives him another shooter for Giannis to kick out to when he's driving into the lane and attacking the rim, and just the widen the lane for him because then opponent is gonna have to get out to the three point and have to stick to Bernardovic because he's a three point threat, and then Drew Holiday, I think he's a better version of of Eric Bledsoe. This is a guy who's been made All Defensive Team. A guy who's shown up in the playoffs, a guy who could score the rock as well, who could get you sixteen to twenty a game. He needs to stay healthy. As long as he stays healthy, he's good. But he's an athletic guy. He's strong, and I think he's gonna provide an impact right away for the Bucks. And I also think he could provide some of the ball handling duties, take some pressure off Giannis as well. Um. Oh, Houston, we have Houston, we have a problem. Uh, Rockets, there's been a lot of turmoil about Houston, man. Uh, Russell Westbrook's unhappy. That's what they've been talking about, potential rumors. Russell Westbrook to the Wizards in a trade for John Wall. Uh, I feel like that's, I mean, you're basically getting the same player. We don't know. And why would you make that trade when you haven't seen John Wall come back yet? He's coming off basically missing two years of NBA basketball, torn Achilles, and he's had injuries with his knee, problems with his knee. Um, so I don't know why you would make that trade when you haven't seen the man play yet. So you don't know what his value is going to be like in the market. Um, the Rockets, James Harden. There was rumors that James Harden was unhappy. He, he, um, he turned down, uh, what's it called? An extension with the Rockets. I forgot how it was 50 million a year. Yeah. He turned down a $50 million extension and asked for a trade to the Nets. Cause he was, he was getting uncomfortable and, about the Rockets' future, and he's, and he doesn't know what it's gonna be like in the future, especially with Russell Westbrook asking for a trade. Um, but I know the Rockets don't want to trade Harden, and I think honestly, if he got traded, any and, and they kind of limited their options because he specifically said, "I want to be traded to the Nets," so it doesn't give Harden a lot of leverage in dictating the where he wants to go because he specifically, um, stated one specific location. If he just said, "I want to get traded." Uh, gives him a lot of leverage because then Rockets have more potential options to find a good trade in a deal for Harden. So I just and if he does get traded to the Nets, I just don't like the idea. He doesn't fit well. Kyrie, Kyrie, and Harden all need the ball, bro. I don't I don't get how people are saying this is a good trade. They all need the ball. Tell me who's gonna sacrifice. Who? Kyrie's ball dominant. Kyrie can't play off the ball. I know KD to a lesser KD. Yes, he can play off the ball with Shaw and Golden State, but for the most part, he needs the ball in his hands. He needs the ball in his hands. And Harden, pff, we've seen it. He needs the ball in his hands pretty much ninety percent of the time. And when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he pretty much just stands in the corner and watches the offense. He doesn't make backdoor cuts. He doesn't move around. He doesn't come off screens. None of that. He mostly just stands still in one spot. When he doesn't have the ball. And taking control of the offense. So, but the team is well aware that Harden wants to leave, but it will take a substantial package and they're going to want an impact player in return because you want to give up. Like I heard this analogy. You don't want to give, give up a Rolls Royce, a nice fresh Rolls Royce for a old dusty uh, car or like, come on, man. That's what Harden is. He's a superstar. And I feel like the Nets too, I feel like it'll be a stupid trade for them. 
because I heard potential they'll have to give Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and and even more, maybe a first a draft pick. Like that's too much. First of all, Karis LeVert showed his value in the playoffs and in the bubble. He he gets you buckets. I feel like that would be dumb to give up him and Dinwiddie, a guy who averaged twenty points per game the past couple of years, who's been a solid scorer in the league. And proving his value to be a good starter. And I think he could fit well with, with KD and Kyrie because he doesn't really have a big ego. He's going to fit right into his role. I think he could be the third scorer on that team if ten, if they keep the roster the way it is. And I think Karis Levert could be the fourth scorer on that team. And Jared Allen, he's a young guy. He he provides rim protection, a lob threat, guy to throw lobs to. And a, and, and a guy who could be could give you um second, second chance opportunities who crashes the boards. So... I just don't like the trade for both for for certain reasons and I just don't see it see it as a good fit for the um for either team honestly. The Nets will have to give up too much and then and then the Rockets you're giving up a superstar on James Harden. I, I mostly don't see it as a good trade for the rock for the um for the Nets. You're giving up too much and then again a ball dominant player who needs the ball in his hands when you already have two primary ball handling guys who also need the ball in their hands so i just don't see it as a good fit at all so that's my opinion on the potential james harden trade and rumors going out there russell westbrook and james harden they went out of houston and stuff like that and it's going to be interesting to see now a free agency starting today what happens in the next coming weeks before the season starts but again to more news the sixers agreed to trade out over to oklahoma state thunder for danny green Anning Green still be on the Sixers now. I don't know. Because he's not the shooter he once was. He, he showed it this past season. He really can't. He has, he has not been the shooter he once was or defender. He's getting out there in age. But I'll hold for it to the Thunder. Thunder had just been trading away, man. Um, The Thunder will also receive a first and second round pick for Green, who was traded to the Thunder from the Lakers earlier this week. Uh, what else? Clay Thompson, like I mentioned earlier, suffered a lower leg injury. And Tortis Achilles. I think that's going to really hurt the Warriors' chances of uh, being a title contender. Um, so, what other news? Javel McGee exercises $4.2 million player option for this season. And as Cantor exercises $5 million player option for this season. Minnesota trading James Johnson to the OKC as a part of the Ricky Rubio trade. Uh, oh, so I'm Oh. Oh. So, Ricky Rubio. Wait. Okay, okay, never mind. Okay. Uh, Jermichael Green of the Clippers is trading his $5 million player option for the 2021 season will come a free agent. And the Lakers are also waving guard. Uh, Quinn Cook, who was on a non-guaranteed contract for the season. I knew that was going to happen. Quinn Cook, he, he's a he's a good, solid veteran. Ooh, but he's just not that. I don't think he can stick on the NBA roster. And Abby Bradley will decline his $5 million player option for the 2021 season and will come a free agent. And, um... Anthony Davis, he's going to look at his options um, on the market. Yes, he's expected to go. Um, he's going to wait before committing to to the Lakers. He's talking about an all-NBA forward and probably best, the best big man in the league right here, in my opinion. Yes, he's part of Clutch Sports uh, with LeBron James and Rich Paul, who's Davis's agent. But he has, yes, he, he wants to possibly get a long-term deal with the Lakers. 
And he wants to look at all his possible scenarios on a new deal with the Lakers, which can include a three-year, $106 million contract that will include a player option for the 2022-23 season, a structured deal that would, end hit, um, that would align Davis with the end of LeBron James deal as well. Um, he, he could also do a two-year, $60 million deal with the option after next year or longer deals for four years, uh, such as for $147 million or five years for $189 million. So he has his options. And I don't, I don't blame him for opting off his contract so he can see the options that he has and so and so to get the best deal for what he wants to do with the rest of his career. Because if you sign a long-term deal and LeBron James is gone, you're going to be stuck, bro. I don't blame you, bro. But he also got Brandon Ingram on the market. He's a restricted free agent. Um, He's going to sign the offer sheet. Even if we'll see what where he signs to. And, you know, New Orleans going to try to match it. Van Fleet, unrestricted free agent for the Raptors. He wants to get the bag, he said. So I expect him to get calls from teams like the Knicks. He could also stay in Toronto or even go to the Hawks. Montrez Harrell, he, I, don't, I don't know. He could be a good fit with the Mavericks or Raptors, but also sign back with the Clippers. He's an unrestricted free agent. Gordon Hayward, I don't think. He declined his player option. He's definitely not going to get the money. That he expects to, because especially after that leg injury and how he's played after, after ever since then, he's not the same player. He's not as valuable, so so he's not gonna get the money he wants. Goran Dragic's unrestricted free agent. I think he's gonna get a lot of value in the market, especially after the playoff run he just had, helping lead the Heat to the NBA Finals. He's a solid veteran who can score the ball, make plays for his teammates. I think he's going to be a hot commodity on the market. But overall, this is not a strong free agency class like last season. And it's not, it doesn't have the the sweepstakes like uh, next year with Giannis. So it's going to be an interesting free agency. And I'm interested to see where everybody goes. Um, but before we, uh, the, before we um, close out the show, um, the Thunder also hired um, OKC, promoted OKC assistant Mark Degnote. To head coach, according to ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski, um, they have promoted him to head coach. It was announced last one, a couple like November eleventh, so a few weeks ago, Wednesday. Uh, he's replaced the departed um, Billy Donovan, which completes a rapid six-year rise within the franchise, which included included a five-year run as OKC Blues G League coach, where he had a fifty-seven percent winning percentage and three division titles. Um, he stated the opportunity to be a head coach of the Thunder is truly a special honor. And and he said, over my six years in, in Oklahoma City, I've developed a deep community organization and care for a truly special community that I call home. And from my first day here, my values have always been aligned with those of the organization, and I'm looking forward to helping them continue to be lived out on and off the court. Um, He's 35 years old, so he's one of the youngest coaches in the league. He takes over the Thunder within three weeks of the opening of training camp, on the fence, which is December 1st. Um, that, that could well be in flux between now and opening night, which is December 22nd. But um, also, the NBA released. I forgot. I was before we end up the show. They also released um, what the they said a two part um schedule release play in tourney. Um, so first the NBA is gonna release. It's gonna be in the two halves, and they will announce the schedule um. Before this, like around the start of training camp, which is so be around December first. They they won't release the second half of the schedule until later in the first half. 
So this will include that will include the rest of each team's 72 regular season games that weren't previously scheduled, as well as any games that are postponed in the first half of the season that can be reasonably be added to the rest of the schedule, which I think kind of makes sense. Um, the All-Star break is set to take place um, between March 5th to 10th, between the two halves. So it's going to go like this. December 11th to 19th will be the preseason games. Each team has to have at least one home host, one home game, though. The first half of the regular season between be between December 22nd and March 4th. March 5th to March 10th will be the All-Star break, but there will be no All-Star game, sadly. I'm kind of disappointed in that. Uh, March 11th to May 16th will be the second half of the regular season. May 18th to 21st will be the play-in tournament. Uh, this is a tentative schedule, so things will always be changed, and they'll have, they'll have to adapt to the changes. So this is not, like, anything could change. And then May 22nd to July 22nd will be the playoffs. Uh... Each NBA team will play the teams within its conference three times for a total of 42 games while playing the teams from the opposing conference twice each, which is 30 games. Within each team's division, the league has already assigned which opponents will be played twice at home and which will be played twice on the road. Um, each division within a conference will then play all five teams from another intra-conference division twice at home and all five teams from the remaining division twice on the road. Um, the league said its Board of Governors unanimously approved the playing tournament proposal on a one-year basis in a vote Thursday. The teams with the 7th and 8th highest winning percentages will have two chances to make the playoffs, while the teams with the 9th and 10th highest winning percentage will have one chance. The 7th and 8th game will be between the teams ranked 7th and 8th, while the 9th and 10th game will feature the teams ranked 9th and 10th. The winner of the 7th and 8th game will advance to the playoffs. The loser will host the winner of the 9th and 10th uh, game, as had been previously reported. And the finals are set to run through July 22nd, and the Summer Olympics will begin July 23rd. And the qualifying tournaments for the remaining four spots in the men's field are scheduled to run from June 29th to July 4th. So the NBA is trying to do its best to try to not conflict with the schedule of the Olympics. So I kind of get where they're trying to go. The only thing I'm disappointed in is there'll be no All-Star game. I want to see the stars play, all the stars play together. But you know what, what's been going on with uh, COVID and stuff like that, I, I can understand I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm just happy we're having an NBA season. So, yeah, that's the schedule for um, this upcoming NBA season. And the Thunder have a new head coach now. Well, yeah, guys, if you get to this point, thank you for listening. I appreciate y'all's support. Uh, continue to tune in to any episode. Um, yeah, this is my NBA draft review. Um, what I thought of the draft, some of the prospects of the draft. Um, I honestly think... All uh, the Timberwolves are one of the winners of the draft. I like their draft. Um, how they drafted. I like how the um Anthony Edwards pick Warriors too. When James Wiseman, I think that's an excellent pick for them. And Charlotte Hornets, Lala Ball gives them marketability and a f- potential face of the franchise that they desperately need and star power because they've been they've been in the doldrums of the doldrums of the NBA and for like pr- basically their whole existence in the NBA. So. I think that provides. I think some of the losers of the draft, the Bulls, man. I don't know what the Bulls were thinking. I I don't honestly just don't like what the Bulls are thinking, man. I just don't. I really don't. Like Patrick Williams, they they have so many better options on the board available, and I just don't like it. I just don't like the pick. I just don't. Uh, Spurs are another winner in my opinion. Devin Vassell, I think is going to be an excellent, excellent pickup, three and D guy, and I think he potentially be a Kawhi Leonard mold type player. Well, only time will tell, but we'll see. 
But even if he doesn't become a Kawhi Leonard guy, I think he'd be a solid 3 and D player in the league and a potential uh, third option on a team, on a contending team one day. Uh, Tyus Jones as well. I like that pickup for the Spurs. I mean, he could be a solid backup point guard in this league for a long time. He could run your offense. And eventually, a team's improved shooting, space the floor as well. And a high, this brings in a high IQ and a guy who could be a great leader on the court as well. And then also, um, what's it called? Some of the other, like, actually Williams was so surprising. And then Denny Aviha, another surprise in the draft. I, I'm kind of, like, shocked he went number nine. I thought he was going to go higher, like, top top five, top six. He was, he was, like, every mock draft I was looking at, he was, like, top top six. But there was some. I saw him, like, nine or ten. His, he had a volatile stat, uh, draft stock all over the place. Some scouts were high on him. Some were low on him. Uh, it all depends who you ask. Same thing with Killian Hayes. Like, he was projected all over the place. Some had him as high as number one. Some had him top five. Some had him top ten. He eventually went number seven to the Pistons, but I think the Pistons are another one in the draft. I think Killian Hayes could be the potential star in this league. I think he has a lot of upside. He's a crafty guard, very young, and I think he's a kid who really wants to be great in this league and a chip on his shoulder. So I just honestly, I honestly think um, Killian Hayes is going to be special, like really, really special, really, really special. Like he, he, he has all the tools in my opinion, to be a star in this league. Uh, some of the... Uh, also, Kerry Lewis Jr., I like him, too. I think the winners of this draft, too. Pelicans, man. I like that pick of Kerry Lewis Jr. I think he's going to be an excellent pickup for the Pelicans and an excellent um, running mate with Zion Williamson. These are both guys who can run the run the, run the court in transition. They're going to get out in transition, get lobs, easy baskets, young, fresh legs, really athletic. They're going to make it... They're going to be a blur in open court. And make it a headache in transition for opposing defenses. Uh, losers of the draft. If I had to say some losers, hmm, who would I say? Bulls are definitely a loser. I, I just don't like to pick a Patrick Williams. A guy who came off the bench, wasn't even that dominant off the bench. And who has who's very raw and who has a lot to learn. Uh, uh, this, uh, uh, what's it called? The, uh, I would say the Knicks, but Obi Toppin. I mean, yeah, he's a good pick. He's a good pick. I mean, they need they need some excitement in the garden. But I thought they were going to select a guy like maybe Kara Lewis Jr. Or maybe even Tyrese Halliburton, exciting guard. Or maybe even Donny Aviho, who wanted to pick after him to Washington. I, I thought they were going to do that. And they selected Landro Barmero. I mean, they're, to me, they're, they're kind of the losers of the draft. Oh, uh, what's it called? I like the I like the solid pickup of Aaron Naismith for the Celtics. I think he's gonna be very dangerous, very dangerous shooter. I like the pickup for the Magic Cole Anthony. I think him and Mohamed Bamba could really make some noise in Orlando, and I want to see how they develop over the next couple couple years. Uh, but I don't really see, to be honest, I don't really, I don't see that many true losers of the draft. Huh, to be honest, I really, really don't. Uh, in my opinion. Um, I think also the Hawks are a winner of the draft. Oyeka Okamu, I think, is going to be a great, great fit for them. He's going to compare, I think, perfectly alongside Jock Collins, a guy who has shown he can shoot the three ball as well and space the floor. So I don't think, I don't think they're going to be clogged in the paint, paint together. And Trey Young is going to throw lobs to him all day and in transition. And they're going to be a dangerous pick-and-roll pick um, dynamic duo, So along with John Collins as well. So I can't wait to see that all of them play together. 
But yeah, um, so those those are some of my NBA draft takeaways, my review on the draft, and hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you get to this point, it's been your boy DJ Hamilton. Out. <laughs>